6.06 p.m. Tuesday, June 2nd, Los Angeles, California. Curfew is in order, in action. Starting at 6? We don't know. Probably 6 o'clock today. Yeah. Yesterday it was like 5 and then... Was sudden, it 5 yesterday? Suddenly at 5.30 we found out it was 5 and then at uh, I 6. I didn't even remember that. It, yeah, it's been... All over the place. A whole thing. Yeah, people have been... Or people... The mayor, I guess, maybe, has been changing it up and down and then not notifying people until like half an hour, 20 minutes before. Which Today is- was the first day we got a notification in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, other, the other days that it changed, we got notifications for the curfew, like eight minutes, 15 minutes, according to my phone. Like, when it was sent and when, what the time it was sent at said after the curfew had started already. Yeah. Remind a, me to talk about that when we get deeper into this, because I just remembered something. So, we're in Los Angeles. We've been in, uh, we've been in safer at home orders for three months now. <laughs> and now we're on... Seems like it's been forever. It's been a long time. And now, uh, now we're in curfew for the past, I want to say... This is the third day of curfew now. Yeah, so, yeah, we're in, like, pseudo-martial law. I don't think official martial law has been declared, but we've got the National Guard in the streets, and we've got curfews. And I believe there's a insurgency... I can't remember the name of the bill, but it's some, like, asinine, uh, you know, old bill from the 1800s that accounts for insurgency against the United States that Trump is... If things go down tonight, plan it, planning on enacting. And it hasn't been enacted since the 1982 LA riots, um, which I, I, I haven't looked that far into it, so I won't speak further on it. But, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so we have our curfew, which is a, um, a counterinsurgency tactic. And I guess we're going to spend this podcast talking about our experience yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday we made the conscious decision to join <clears throat> one of the protests that was marching through downtown LA. We live pretty close to downtown LA. Mm-hmm. And you specifically said I you specifically said you wanted to be available with medic services because you have that training. Yeah, I have medical training and you know, I don't really we don't really have like a great first aid kit, but you know it's enough to do. Better than nothing. Yeah, it's enough to do a little, and at least at the very least, um, uh, I have my what's it called, Wufa mm-hmm. Wilderness First Aid. So it's been trained to at least provide first aid first aid services when you know you don't have much, mm-hmm. um, and kind of in emergency situations where there's cold, there's you know other life threatening things, not just like. The standard first aid. And also two days ago when we were talking about the curfew, um, I think like you had mentioned that you were open to breaking the curfew, that you don't want to be Oh yeah, fuck the curfew. Yeah. No, fuck yeah. the curfew. Um, so yeah, I, I believe in, um, you know, I don't know how Personal. many of you people follow our social media. We've been pretty vocal about that we believe all forms of protest are valid and Certainly, uh, civil disobedience is high up on there. So, mm-hmm. and personal autonomy is really important to and, you. Yeah, personal autonomy is really important to me as well. Uh, fuck the government; they don't get to tell me when I have to be in my house or not. I'm gonna 
go do whatever the fuck I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we went out with that intention that we were going to break curfew and be with uh, the protesters because undeniably, once the curfew mark passed, um, cops were most likely going to start sh- tear gassing, shooting rubber bullets, shooting these foam batten fucking grenade charges mm-hmm. at them. Um, like we ex- have experienced basically at every protest we've gone to so far. The past five days. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the curfew is basically an excuse to arrest people, an excuse to use more force. I don't even think it's an excuse. I think it's a, it's it's its main objective is to arrest. Uh, yeah. And, and arrest protesters, it seems like, and not even necessarily looters... No, because in almost all the situations of the mass lootings, cops have just kind of sat back they and like watched it. They like the lootings. It. Yeah. That doesn't know, mean the lootings aren't right and just and correct. It's just they're, that's not what they're out to stop. It, yeah. It I mean, serves it, them for the lootings. It serves them because, yeah, it, it creates the situation where people demand more policing. So it, it uh, what's the right word? It accelerates, escalates. It uh, validates uh. the need for for a police force to be there and it validates the need for them to be militarized and it validates the need for them, you know, to be able to use force and be around and to get bigger and bigger budgets. Um, Before which we get- is like, uh, I think an important political thing to take into consideration right now, because especially in LA city, uh, the city council and the mayor are trying to pass a new budget which is fifty four percent of the city's budget is going to the police. Yeah, department. some absurd like was it? It's, is it a billion dollars or over a billion dollars? Over a billion dollars. It's like yeah, it's, it's think, ridiculous yeah. that a third of the city's budget. No, no, fifty four. Fifty four. Oh, fifty four. Fifty four percent. Yeah. Is going to the fucking cops. Yeah. Um, if you're in LA, there's a city council meeting tomorrow where your voice can be heard if you want to complain over the airwaves. Not that that will change anything. We've watched a couple of these city council meetings, and if anything, it creates solidarity between citizens, but I do not believe that, um, city council does not have a vested interest in divesting from the police, and there's many reasons for that that we won't get into right now, (laughs) but, um, we could another time. Yeah, perhaps. Um... So we went down there prepared with um, leather jackets because after the past four days of protests, we recognized that like being able to withstand the rubber bullets is maybe an important thing to be able to do. Yes. Um, for me to, if Temba's aiding somebody with med, because your main goal was to aid medically, my goal was to protect him to aid medically, and um, that both of us wouldn't be deterred by the sting of the bullets. So we were wearing our our leathers and um, goggles, which we recommend if you do decide to go be on the front lines, yeah, which, which we encourage people to do. Yeah, go do it. Goggles are important. Something with a nice seal, so you're protected from tear gas. Mm-hmm. Um, also from uh, rubber shot, from the rubber shot shells they shoot, and the larger foam battens, because um, those will fuck up your eyes if mm-hmm. you get hit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely be protected out there. I think it's the best way to... Um, to, to to hold hold that front line, you know? Yeah, you're not as effective if, if their weapons are 
um, taking you out. So what else happened? So run us, run, run us through. Um, so we went down on bikes and uh, caught up with the protest pretty easily because there's not too much traffic happening now, and the, the helicopters are circling. Um, yeah, and in the lockdown days, um, so we rode with the protest for about mm, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um, Temba immediately spotted the cop. Yeah, there was a someone that looked like an undercover cop, like near the front that we were just kind of tra- uh, tailing and watching. Excuse me. Um, wasn't well. Yeah, wasn't. I don't know. I'm still not 100 percent sure it was a cop, but it, it was very suspiciously. The things that you noticed were the shoes. Yeah, which has the what the high density heel is like a cop. Yeah, shoe. it was like it's kind of like a you know like those. It's it's not standard issue military shoe boot, but um, it's like kind of one of those like security mall cop mm. like versions of a combat boot. Um, this mm, person was wearing. I think I guess he appeared to be flagging mail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was wearing like a low top kind of sneaker version of these, kind of like these uh, tech. I don't know if tech. They were like Oakley looking glasses. Oh, uh, I wasn't. I was saying the pants oh, were like okay. a kind of some kind of like synthetic, like khaki pant. He definitely had uh, like shooting glasses on. They were like very low tint, like um, basically clear. Um, uh, a backpack with like a digital camo light jacket stuffed in it. It was just like. And and a a bracelet thing. Oh, yeah, like the survival paracord bracelet, um, which necessarily isn't, like, a dead flag for someone like that, but just that combined with everything else, he stood very much out of place with, like, the group Mm -hmm. um, and what you typically see And he wasn't... And he wasn't... uh, Wasn't chanting. He wasn't chanting. He wasn't doing anything but every... 15 seconds, putting his phone away, pulling his phone back out, looking. And I kind of rode up pretty close to him to see what was coming up on his screen. And it didn't to me. I mean, it might have been an Android now that I think about it. So yeah. maybe I just didn't recognize the message style that, that was coming like up. text format. Right. So maybe that's not good evidence. <clears throat> but it was like, uh, I also kind of went up to him and was like, fuck the cops. <laughs> right next to him just to see if he'd react in any way i feel like i should have in retrospect i should have been like hey fuck the police right man just to see how he reacted but you made a good point that like if he's a true undercover cop he knows better than to fall for bait yeah yeah um yeah several times i thought about like pointing him out to other people there i'm like hey do you think that guy's a plant but i also didn't want to like instigate in case he wasn't um you know, didn't really want to instigate someone like getting beat up or whatever for just my, me being suspicious. I think it's a good like point of inquiry for us to research is what to do if you suspect someone's a cop. Because I don't know that I have the resources to know what would have been the best thing to do at that time. Yeah. It appeared to us that he was directing the cops to, to know exactly where the march was going. Yeah. Telling, telling them like where we were turning and stuff like that. So that was the first little bit of our thing, and then we kind of, things were getting like a little more heated, I felt like, right before we ended up getting kettled and blocked in. Um, didn't it feel like there's a lot of momentum, there's a bunch of cars that were following yeah, us? Yeah, a bunch of cars ended up following us. We, we were marching like 
the wrong way down a one-way street. And, and the cars had, followed. There was like, I don't know, like five, five six yeah. cars mm-hmm. behind us, which was really interesting. Like kind of, and behind them were a bunch of police cruisers. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was nice to have like that kind of a barrier right mm-hmm. behind us so that, you know, they're not going to plow us over or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, but, but it also blocked us in in some ways. The, yeah, I mean, we were on, people on foot and on bikes and still yeah. around them. But uh, we eventually ended up being kettled. We were cornered, like, on all four sides. We tried to get a, a, a There was a good faction of the group that did get away by someone bolt-cutted a fence open and then uh, escaped through a... A door that was held open through an apartment complex, but then eventually the apartment complex's security guard came down and refused to let people through. So a bunch of people had hopped this really high fence and bolt-cutted this fence. A truck drew through the hole in the (laughs) bolt-cutted fence. It was a lot. Um, But there were, uh, yeah, we were otherwise blocked in and um, ended up going back to the street where we then realized that we were completely surrounded by cops with no hope for escape. Uh, yeah, we just sat down and mm-hmm. waited, waited for to the get inevitable. Yeah. What was that like for you in that moment? Um, you, you've never been arrested. No, I've been detained a few times and like... Um, and to be clear, I think we were detained yesterday. We were detained. We were technically weren't arrested. We weren't charged with anything. We, we weren't read our rights. Read our, or Miranda rights. Mm. Um, we were cited in the end. Yeah. Um... It was, I mean, it was kind of scary because I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Like, our, uh, in that moment, I was like, okay, so I guess we're getting arrested. Um, and... Um, you texted I, your brother. Yeah, I texted my brother just so someone knew. Because I don't think, we didn't, we hadn't told anyone we were no, heading down. We were using each other as like, okay, wh- I think we were thinking one of us will get away and one of us won't, but... Yeah, we had each other's phone numbers on as well as the National Lawyers Guild number. But I think we realized like it's good to have our outside people to know too. Yeah, yeah, just in case because you never fucking know. You can get lost in the system, Tamba, especially. Yeah, yeah. So I I think one thing that was really nice is someone in the group was like, "Hey guys, I just this happened to me last night, and I I just got this morning. He's like, this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna get cited. We'll probably be in for twelve. 24 24 hours hours, and then we will be released so after that person said that like that was just kind of like okay cool once you know what you're in for i think it can help with the process and i was kind of trying to do that inside too with some of these kids like there were a lot of really young kids in my detention there was a bunch of minors too yeah yeah good good amount of youth uh what is it what is it called youth what is it called I don't juvenile, know. juvenile, juvenile. Oh. yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, yeah. The majority of these protests is is a lot of young people, mm-hmm. of course, because mm-hmm. um, we are the one. Well, I mean, I guess we're not. We're not young, young anymore. people anymore. We feel young because <laughs> we're not going to make any babies. Um, <laughs> it's you know, it's young people, younger people, like millennials and younger, that are left with you know. basically looted futures because Mm -hmm. of the greed of um capitalists and the um i don't know what you would call it maybe like complacency of the generations before us Mm -hmm. but i mean it's not all their fault um it's 
I mean, I don't know. To a point, it is they're brainwashed into American dream shit. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they saw their what? their grandparents, mm-hmm. like, enact... Um, like being able to go to college for really cheap mm-hmm. and get a good job and be able to buy a house and mm-hmm. you know they were the I guess baby boomers were on the tail end. Is that of true? Because like I guess for me, I, I, I mean, remember my my parents speak about how, how their parents, our grandparents, were very uh, affected by the depression, which is yeah. essentially going to be part of the burden, a similar but very di- similar but different burden that our generation will hold to now. You know. Yeah. Um, I think almost like the line of credit was a really big thing the boomers did that fucked shit up. You know, when they got mm. those lines of credit, it was all, you know, they were borrowing all this money and, and I don't know. Let's not get into I, that. Let's try to stay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, those, thing, those things are true. And of course, I'm, I'm generalizing for the mm. large public. Of course, they're, you know, it wasn't that great for everyone, but they're still, you know college wasn't that expensive mm-hmm. or it wasn't as expensive as it is now um but you're talking about our parents generation or our, grandparents? our parents generation and our grandparents generation. i don't feel like my grandparents generation like at least the women didn't have the option of going to college quite as much there were only a few colleges mm-hmm. that were available to women i mean that's yeah and, and black people as well yeah. you know uh i still even though those constraints were on there, just I'm talking broad general, mm. like I'm, I'm not I'm not splitting everyone apart, but that like there was a middle class, mm-hmm. even though that that middle class was not as available to, you know, people of color, black people, women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people there was more, I don't know, like kind of opportunity, mm-hmm. if you could say that. But as we've gone further through like this exploitative capitalist system, like those things have been absorbed and funneled up higher and higher mm-hmm. and higher. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the 1% is d- very, yeah, that's, didn't exist then, we could say. I mean, it did, but it wasn't. There were the Rockefellers and the Yeah, it definitely existed. Uh, it, uh, they just hadn't... Uh, hadn't absorbed as much as they mm. have now. Yeah, it just infinite, infinitely keeps getting bigger and bigger the, the amount of their wealth and therefore the disparity. Yeah, the disparity mm. has become greater and greater. That's that's mostly what I'm speaking got to you, at this point. Um, so I think where, 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 we're talking about <laughs> how the the demographics of the groups, people there. Groups pro yeah, people mm-hmm. processing tends definitely tends to be millennials and younger. Mm-hmm. I I feel like a lot of people in our parents' generation are still bought into the American mm-hmm. dream brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so Definitely. For years, my mom has been like, oh, just go to grad school. That'll change everything. Yeah, I mean, that, that will put me in infinitely more debt that I what, will continue to not pay. It doesn't make any sense. That's what my parents fed me, too. My yeah. mom always was like, you have to go to college so you don't end up digging ditches. I'm like, bitch, I went to college. I still <laughs> dug ditches. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally dug ditches yeah. to plant weed plants. Yeah. <laughs> Um. (laughs) so let's go back to where we're getting arrested you were not arrested but because we didn't get arrested we were about to get cuffed and um we were one of the last we were one actually the last five people yeah we were kind of in the middle we were the fifth to last i was the fourth to last they told me i was the last one and i think i made some snarky comments about like 
Oh, I don't remember what I said in the last one, really. <laughs> Something looks snarky like that. They're like, yeah, you are. No, you're not. There's more over there. They were really just, like, confused, I think. I don't know. That was the only um, banter I would uh, engage in with the cops was in that moment. Because uh, I don't talk to cops. Yeah. Yeah, one of the people that was... After they had searched me, like a per, uh, a, per, a person searched me and then passed off to another person. And um, do you mean body search or bag search? Because I did not get my bag. Searched. Oh, I got my bag searched. I got pat patted down. All of the. Above. Did you notice if any of the other people in the line got that? Was I wasn't just, in the line. I was by myself. They pulled you on. That's right. You were on the yeah. street because there was so many people. They, yeah. There wasn't room for you. There wasn't room for me. They did the me. same thing to me. They kind of, but they pushed people aside to fit me into the wall. They started to do that, but then pulled me back. Mm. Um, were they so they were only patting your back down, no one else's. That you I couldn't tell? tell. They pulled me away before they started the search and the pat down. Mm-hmm. So everyone else was behind me. I was looking out into the street. Oh. Um. So yeah, I had two officers on me, and uh, yeah, one of I'm female presenting officer kept trying to like yeah engage me in banter and i'm just like no yeah no mm-hmm. um yeah the cop who, who they pulled me away they were out of cuffs so they just kind of tightly grabbed my hands have you ever been arrested before to which i stayed silent and he went oh <laughs> <laughs> oh you know your rights oh <laughs> don't talk to cops kids there's one thing i can tell you if you're ever arrested or detained don't talk to cops. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> and it will, it's, no, there is no reason to talk to a cop. It will always be used against you. Dude. If they can use it against you, they will. Yeah. So, just rule of thumb. We hope that more people, for me particularly, white people get arrested and are willing to go through this process for the greater good. Uh, and uh, if you do, don't talk to the cops. It's not worth it. But so you got, uh, then did they put you in the line or were you sitting? No, I was the, never on the line. I was looking for you. I was like craning my neck trying to find you the whole time and I couldn't see you. I think because I was looking down the line mm. and there might have been a pole or something obstructing. But we were both in the line then, um, separated and gosh, so we were cuffed. They took our little pieces of paper. We're kind of going through this in some ways to just like let people know what it's what like the- to... Yeah. To be arrested or protest, not that it's the same every time, but here's an experience. So if you are risking arrest out there, like this is a way to kind of know what it might be like for you. Something similar to this. Yeah. Um, uh, so if we stood there for a while, they started bringing tow trucks to start towing the cars. And eventually they um, sent us across the street and down to the corner. Um to wait for the, buses. the big buses that they were going to Before be. that, though, there was the pregnant lady who, who cute hot cheetahs. Oh, yeah. Behind me, there was um, a woman that called an officer over and was like... Um, we don't know if she was a woman. I think we should say that. A, pers- yeah, a person, a person who, was who was pregnant. Um, called an officer over and was like, hey, I'm pregnant. Uh, I have to throw up. And, she, and, and they were like, uh, do I just do it here or... What and the officer was like, yeah, just do it there. And it came <laughs> out neon red. Yeah, they they said that they had been eating hot Cheetos. <laughs> um, and yeah, that that was that was that. 
so so we get moved over across the street to the other side waiting for i guess their i don't know what you call it paddy wagon but they were uh they had two of those like la sheriff's like coach buses um and a couple i think three um, so there were seven buses total from what i really oh yeah so i think i think the group i would guess was somewhere around like 150 to 200 people maybe a little more maybe a little less um but uh as genevieve said there were seven seven buses total or seven city buses Yeah, I didn't see seven buses. I saw two big sheriff coach buses, and I saw two city buses. City buses. That would make sense why we were. It, it didn't take that long for us to get out. Maybe there were less people than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think someone. I think someone on the bus men- mentioned that there were buses on the other side mm. as well. So some of the people that got dragged mm-hmm. like down Main towards mm-hmm. uh, the Lash. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got onto the buses. Uh, I was able to first. I first I randomly saw someone I hadn't seen in fifteen years, who I went to high school with. Super random. <laughs> Super random. Uh, her like face mask had fallen off, and I had like was just kind of looking around. People were starting to get really chatty and friendly as we were waiting to get loaded on the buses. It was kind of a relief moment. We were all like, Yeah, it's like okay, we're not. No one's getting beat. No one got shot with anything. We were all using our cell phones and like texting our friends with our handcuffs on. Everyone was doing this. Were they doing that where you were? Yeah, the pull it to the side. <laughs> Everyone was pulling their phones out with their handcuffed hands and, and texting friends and letting them know what was going on. Um, but yeah, I saw a friend from high school and then we kind of caught up and that was very interesting. And then I saw you and I saw that people were starting to circulate and actually go meet up with their friends. So I went and found you as we were moving out. Yeah. And we were able to spend, I think, yeah, a minute together before we got put on our respective male Gendered buses. Gendered buses. Here's something interesting that actually I didn't remember until now. Someone right in front of me who appeared to be male to me started walking to the female bus and then was like, oh, I forgot, and went to the, to the male bus. Mm. I don't know what that was about, but it was interesting. And uh, so we got loaded onto our buses. Sat there for a while. <laughs> Um, at least two hours, at least two hours, no, at least an hour there. Yeah. And then we took an hour or not, maybe an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. The bus ride seemed long to Westwood. Yeah. They were driving kind of slow. They took us all the way to Westwood. Apparently the processing downtown was full or was going to take a while. So they took us all the way to Westwood, the West LA precinct cop station it wasn't a precinct it was wasn't? actually it was we went by the sign and it was like the even the cops who were watching us who were complete assholes obviously um were surprised at where they were they told i think later i was kind of like listening to their interpersonal conversation the whole time because i happened to be seated really near them and they said it was like uh some kind of me- not a medical center it was like los angeles legal center or something like hmm. that it was called Okay, that's the sound of the... Wow. The city of Los Angeles... Make it stop. I'm trying. The city of Los Angeles declaring a curfew will be in place from 6 p.m. tonight to 6 a.m. tomorrow. The time what right time now is, it? is 6.34 p.m. <laughs> and we just got that curfew These alert. motherfuckers. Um, it's an incredibly dangerous thing to do. The curfew is not a joke. 
there are people who are going to be specifically targeted, harmed, and incarcerated because of it. Oh, yeah. Like, disproportionately, like, black and brown people work graveyard shifts, work late shifts, um, Mm -hmm. and don't have cars or relying on public transportation, have to walk, like, where they get dropped off by the bus, from the bus stop to their home. Um, So they are disproportionately, like, targets for being picked up in these sweeps. It, it, it appeared to us last night that that wasn't an issue, and we'll get to that, I think, at the end of our recounting of the tale, but, like... If they I think wanted to, If like, they want to, they can. Yeah. And, they're, and we passed, you know, countless uh, unhoused folks who were, uh, who were and are always on the streets of L.A. who don't have a place to not be on the street after curfew, you know, or a safe place to be, you know? Yeah. So, it's... We're living in some times, guys. Some very specific... They've always been fucked, but they're very specifically fucked right now. It's... I think it, it's nice to see it so vibrantly clear, though. Yes. I think Everyone's it's, it's great up. for people to see this shit. Yes. You know, there's still, there's still some people that don't want to hear it and don't want to see it and are kind of doubling down, but I think those numbers are dwindling. Like, Dude. Like you were saying when you were looking at Instagram, you were like... This is great. I'm seeing people that, like, a week ago, two weeks ago, that are talking about defunding the cops. That prison you abolition. Never... People that I never thought... Like, I've talked to co-workers about prison abolition, and they could not... Hear it. They couldn't hear it. it or understand it. And it, I understand that it's, like, a difficult thing to understand. It's a... It's... it's shouldn't be radical, but it's a considered a very radical uh, motion, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, now every fucking person is... It's, <laughs> like, I... If I was someone who had been spending their, you know, years of their life working on this, I'm just so, like, happy for them uh, that their message has been so profound and clear and is so, like, direct and needed and it's happening, you know? Yeah. I, I saw this thing, I can't remember where I saw it, in a Facebook book maybe, that every single state in this fucking country has protests going on right now, anti-cop protests, mm-hmm. and... That's a fucking beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. How fucking long have we been waiting for this mm-hmm. shit? I just hope that some kind of actual meaningful change is going to come out of it. Because, you know, if it doesn't, this is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be even worse. And it's going to, you know, it's not... If we don't make necessary changes, like, the shit's just going to keep going. And it's going to... It's going to be a bigger knock in the head every single time until we figure it the fuck out. I mean, honestly, I believe that that's the most likely scenario because just because we're seeing people, we we know those people because they're closer to coming to those realizations than most people we choose not to know. You know what I mean? So we have to remember that there's a really, really big, like a really, really vast population that is nowhere near getting there yeah and so i think it's in terms of like burnout in terms of like all the adrenaline dump that everyone's doing now like getting active like we have to recognize this is not a thanos snap like it's not gonna be tomorrow and everything has changed and black lives matter to everybody like that's just unfortunately the truth of the matter it's gonna continue to have to be a, a true fight and it has to be a fight people keep in their heart and yeah. don't just do for the clout these past five or six days or week you know it's true and that's a message i think like just as important as anything else is like 
to do it, you have to be able to sustain it. And the more people that can sustain it, the more power there is behind it. Yeah. Which is, I think, part of the reason we went out yesterday. It's like we had been protesting the past four days. It was clear things were escalating. And I think you have to face that fear. I was, I told you I was very scared when we left the house. I was sort of, my breathing was really uneven. I was anxious. I was like, I know that if we go out there tonight, we're either going to get arrested or shot with rubber bullets or tear gas or worse, shot with live ammunition. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to go do it. You know, yeah. and you have to have that. Not, I'm not saying you have to go out to the front lines every single day. You know, it's not an army in, in the traditional <laughs> sense of the word, you know, because we don't want to reproduce those systems that yeah. have created things like the army. We should have a, we should have warriors who can rest and take care of themselves in between battles. That's like a part of it, you know. Um, but we have to keep fighting even when we're really scared to fight. Yeah. And even if we're scared we're going to get arrested in a week, if we're ready to go get arrested again, we should go get arrested again. Yeah. You know? Um, so we spent some time on the bus. Oh, I forgot the one thing I wanted to say about the bus. So back before we went to Westwood, um, the cop, there was like one asshole cop that we had on ours. I mean, Every, they're, they're all asshole, one. but there was one. There's always there's one. There's one being more of an asshole there's than the others. One. Um, so probably like, I was, we were, uh, did you catch his badge number or name? No, we, we I didn't. We were trying to keep track of them collectively on our bus. I was like, we should start a Google doc so we can keep track of all of the things we witnessed together. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Okay. So there, the, uh, there was one cop that was harassing like a young black dude that was on there, maybe like three or four seats to my right. And, uh, I guess he didn't like that that the kid had his phone out and snatched it from him, from him and luckily the kid locked his phone before the cop got it and the cop kept threatening him to unlock the phone he was like what's your passcode what's your passcode tell me your passcode or i'm going to throw your phone off the bus and smash it and i was like dude do, under no circumstances give him your password do not tell him you don't have to tell him your password at all mm -hmm. and i'm so glad that that kid like listened mm -hmm. he kept giving out fake passwords to get you know when you put in a put in the wrong password too many times it locks your phone yeah. down he kept doing yeah. that and um yeah so i was really happy that that smart kid thinking. yeah really was smart. able to you know avoid that because you know they'll go through your phone and see if you're posting anything anti-cop anti-state and like use that delete to pin anything more... that could incriminate them yeah to pin more charges on you or whatever and yeah this dude was just being like a complete dick about it no none of his none of the co-workers were checking him on it like i mean why would they they don't <clears throat> they're all indoctrinated to that mm -hmm. shit um we had five phones confiscated on our bus yeah and our cops were like well i feel like a school teacher right now <laughs> <laughs> they had to keep taking people's phones well i mean technically it's like we're not under arrest. No, we, and people kept saying that. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, am I charged with anything? Am I under arrest? Give me my fucking phone. Yeah, you don't have to. They're, they didn't make us, uh, you didn't have to give up your bag. They just searched your bag, right? Nope. Yeah, I carried carried my bag. Yeah, we, yeah, I also carried my bag. They didn't search it. I tried to, at one point it was freezing cold because they were blasting the AC uh, in the bus. And uh, 
I tried to get an officer to grab my jacket, your jacket, out of my bag, mm-hmm. the leather jacket, and he kind of like looked at it and was like, leather? Uh, I No, no, I can't give you that. And I don't know if that's a security thing because it could have things planted in it. I think leather you can't like pat down the same way or search the same way that you can search mm. a textile. So I don't know what that was, but he would not let me put my jacket on um, and it was freezing. I had my Leatherman in my bag and I quite often thought about cutting my fucking zip ties but could you have accessed it from where you were excuse me um yeah i could have gotten it out mm-hmm. um they probably I, I don't think i would have been able to i, I think they probably would have caught me mm-hmm. trying to cut it but when we stopped in um westwood most of them got off the bus i think that would have been where mm-hmm. i could have mm-hmm. cut myself free but yeah. i was like we're also su- like i know i could have outrun most of the cops there mm-hmm. but we were bas- basically, like, at, at a cop, like, stronghold. Yeah. Like, they would have sent a car after me. I was like, well, what's the point of running? What's like, the point? Not, yeah. All, we got, gonna, all yeah, we got was our city. End up getting myself, like, beat the fuck trouble. up. Yeah, and beat up. Exactly. And possibly killed. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's, not a, it's not worth it at that point. Oh, but running from the cops is such fun <laughs> when you get away. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, you know, I was, I was weighing the... The weighing, risk analysis. weighing the risk and it didn't <laughs> yeah it didn't look too great on the getting away side um so we were on there for oh we were there for hours yeah so we were there so for, long i think so i my bus had the little like uh digital ticker and i i was checking the clock pretty often from where i was yeah. sitting i could see it i think we were there for three hours in westwood just sitting was Not- your bus like our bus would pull up 10 feet no. And then back up 10 feet. No. And then pull up 10 feet. Well, here's feet. what I overheard because I told you I was listening to the two cops' interpersonal conversation. Not the conversation that the cops feed to prisoners or detainees when they're mm-hmm. sitting there, but what they were just quietly saying to each other. I was close enough to hear. Um, and it sounded like the bus drivers that they're, that the, not all the people who are driving the buses are licensed bus drivers, and they were getting really upset at the person driving their bus for driving so slow. One of the cops said that he had driven the bus the day before, and then I later heard him say he didn't have a bus license. (laughs) So I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on there, but it seemed pretty sus. Um, They weren't moving the bus forward, and they were being a woman in in um, detention or lockup is, I think, very very different than being a man. Obviously, and my bus was primarily white women. And brown women. There were only two black women on the bus mm-hmm. compared to your group. I mean, my group was, I, I, tr- I counted, it was one, two, four, four, yeah, it was four black guy, four, four black people on my bus. Uh, majority, uh, majority young Latino guys and white guys. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting about whatever this protest was that we joined up with. We don't know who the organizers were. We know there were people with a megaphone kind of running the show up until the point that we were detained. We know there was a cop planted in there. We don't know why or how. This thing about knowing where your protests are, who they're organized by, I'm unsure where I stand about that. I kind of feel like the more protests, the better. And we had been talking about it earlier that day, and maybe that was part of why we decided to just... Let's go out and join any protest. I don't care. Yeah, I'm there, like, to provide, like, whatever little medical help I can. Mm-hmm. I don't care what whose protest it is. It doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter. The more protests, the better. Yeah. Um, 
and like we were saying before, like there was, I think it was yesterday or the day before, there was supposed to be a protest at Echo Park Lake, which is like two blocks from where we live. And it got canceled. Three, three, at least three or four protests got canceled for like the organizers not being right. No, no, this one was canceled because uh, uh, they got wind that white supremacists were going to show up. Fuck that. No, show up. Keep the show keep up. the protest show going. Up. Yeah. Fuck the white supremacists. Show up. Like, like I uh, especially like yeah, right down right down the block from where we live. I'm going, I'll go fuck up some white supremacists. Yeah. Like, I'll go stand in their face. They don't, like, I'm not scared of... Uh, them shooting you. Of them shooting me, like... Because yeah. that's, I think... I let think, them. I think like, that's the, the feeling is, like, that they're somehow more ruthless and, like, unhinged. But I don't think every white supremacist is ready to shoot. No, they're just going there to intimidate. Yeah. I don't think they're about that life. Yeah. Like... Especially not with all those witnesses, all those people there. Like it's they're one... going to be treated better than a black person who does the same thing. Yeah, but I do, I don't think that means they're they think they're immune from being tried for murder. No, I mean maybe they, I'm wrong. Maybe I I'm wrong. I, I I think I think they strategically do that because they want to intimidate. Mm-hmm. They real they capitalize on the fact that they are not treated the same by the law. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, very, they're just a degree away from cops. Yeah. But cops have the weaponry and the support of the state. Yeah. What's I mean, and, well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, to, to implicitly, the, they, they have, because they are so aligned with the police force, mm-hmm. um, in, in kind of like their modus operandi, which is, you know, like, fuck, fuck, Brown people protecting whiteness, people. Protecting, protecting white whiteness, supremacy, protecting white um, supremacy, and the privileges and advantages they, of it. Yeah, they capitalize on those alliances by showing up with guns, even when you're in a state like California, which mm-hmm. is not open carry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did read though that oh, I don't know if it was Huntington Beach. I want to say it was somewhere in the South Bay today that someone did show up with an like an AR-15 mm-hmm. um, and was. Just like pointing it at protesters, but the they eventually got arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think don't cancel it because white supremacists are showing up. Fuck that. Let's battle the white supremacists too. Like, yeah. what's the difference between the cops and the white supremacists? A badge. Mm-hmm. White supremacists don't have a badge, or the quote unquote white supremacists don't have a badge. The cops are white supremacists too, mm-hmm. whether regardless of their ethnicity, mm-hmm. um, they just have that badge and state sponsorship Mm -hmm. so we felt it was really important to go down there like to continue momentum is is momentum going to be continued indefinitely i don't know and is protest the only form of momentum that's necessary i don't know but that's what we felt was the right thing to do Mm -hmm. yesterday and like every day we're going to be malleable and fluid as things change right yeah just you know listen to what we fill up for like and I mean, we did like was it two or three days straight of protesting? Five. Five days straight of protesting. Um, taking a break today. Yeah. Um, except, wait, except that you did have a, 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 a in a sense a micro protest at Trader Joe's today. <laughs> if, which if yeah. you want to talk about, we can talk about I because mean, the protest doesn't stop for Black people. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of this that like white people uh, are starting to get like a view into what life is in this country for a black person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we don't always have giant groups of people behind us or with us when or this happens. Or body shielding, you know. Um, but yeah, we were at Trader Joe's. I was trying to get like ever since we got released last we got night released we wanted last... a beer wait let's finish let's finish the the, the uh, detainment story and then we can go into that so we were in west hollywood they were like oh it's gonna take like five west, hours westwood, westwood. westwood it's gonna take five hours we eventually found out it was gonna take five hours to process us so they were like well, i mean i i I, know, I don't listen to the cops so in my mind when you get detained or arrested you're in for 24 hours if you're lucky, it's less. We were we we did great. We got out in seven. Yeah. But like in general, do not expect to be detained for less than twenty four hours. It seems like protests and because of COVID right now, that might be less true. But oh uh, yeah, they're just they're, for future. They're hours. stretched thin. They're stretched thin and they're annoyed. The cops do not yeah. like having to do this. Yeah. And that's part of the reason we should be doing it. Yeah. They hate it. Fuck them. Let's let's annoy the fuck out of them. They were so annoyed, the guys that I was listening to. They were like, I'd rather be back. I was listening to their interpersonal conversation. I'd rather be back at the office. Man, I don't want to be out here. Fuck this, you know? They don't. They He has a little rubber bullet gun, but if he doesn't get to shoot it, that's no fun. <laughs> you know? I'd rather be looking at, inst- looking at Blue Lives Matter memes back at the office, you know? Like, so they don't like it, and that... That's re- that's that's a reason in and of itself to go out and protest every day. They don't like having to process you through the system. It's paperwork, it's drudgery, it's annoying, it's following orders, it's getting scolded. They don't want to have to do it. So keep doing it. So we were in Westwood. Um, and they, they tell us it's going to take five hours or something to pro- process our buses. So they're going somewhere else where they can get it done quicker. So we get back on the freeway. We start. They, t- they told us we were going to San Pedro, which I was like, "Fuck." They didn't tell another, us. Another bus there. another friend of ours did get sent to San Pedro last night. Uh, she was arrested in Hollywood mm-hmm. and and had to find her way home from San Pedro back to uh, East Hollywood. Or actually, I don't know where she lives, but yeah. Um, so we start heading north into the valley. Uh, <laughs> whoever is leading the convoy the there's, there's like there's two cop cars in front of our bus we're the lead bus Genevieve's bus is behind us um and I, I don't know if there was another bus behind that don't know but um so we start heading into the valley they flip all the way around we're like what the fuck we're they going back going. now they don't know where the fuck they're going this entire time the cops don't know shit about shit it's beautiful. <laughs> it's truly beautiful to witness. Let's not be afraid of them, because uh, they don't know what the fuck's going on. They just have a lot of weapons. Yeah. I bet, I mean, at the same time, scared people that don't know what the fuck's going on... Do stupid things. Do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we start heading back downtown. <laughs> Which my cops uh, were very happy about, because that meant their night was going to be uh, earlier. So they got to leave, they got to get off at one. They got to get off at midnight instead of getting off at six a.m. because we went back downtown. So it was better for them. Yeah. And better for and us. Better for us. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah. I was like, okay, how are we gonna figure out how to get the fuck home from yeah. Westwood? Or from um, San Pedro. Once or, I heard. Yeah, so once yeah. I heard San Pedro, I was like, I guess we're sleeping on the beach tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'll find you, and we'll be fine. You know. 
So we get back to downtown, and I don't know how long we were there. Another hour? Two hours. Two hours? Yeah, I was Damn. I was watching the clock. I was trying not to because it was just like... Every once in a while, I would just check when I felt like an hour had passed just to, you know, get a sense of where we were. In my mind, it was 24 hours, so after six hours passed, I was like, all right, so we're like, you know, we're a quarter of the way through. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. People freak out, in, um, especially people who have never been detained or arrested before. It's a really scary thing to not know how long you're going to be there. And it's a simple, minuscule slice of what life is like for incarcerated people. Um, and, uh, yeah, people start to freak out. I don't know if you experienced that after some time or if people were pretty chill. But the girls on my bus no, everyone, were freaking out. <laughs> everyone's pretty chill on ours. Mm. Um the girls were all trying to, like, reason with the cops, talk to the cops, talk their way out of the bus, like, <laughs> ladies. I'm, I'm only saying ladies because we're obviously, like, divided into super gendered vehicles. I don't know everyone's gender on the bus. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, we were in there, people were talking. There was a lot of stuff that happened, but I don't think we're going to go into every detail, right? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so... Two hours, then finally we get let off, the, or my bus gets let, let off. We go into what looks like a big garage. Like, uh, you could park buses in there. The ceilings are super high. We've got tables. There's like 20 cops there to give you your citation. Uh, so they line us up. They take, I don't know what it was called, but it was like this little slip of paper that the arresting officer like writes down all your information on and kind of like where you were picked up and what your violation was. Um, so then you go over to this little, you know, just like a, what's it called? Like a folding table. Folding table. You're there for like a minute, two minutes. They cut your, uh, cut your zip tie cuffs off. Actually the officer who was supposed to cut mine got scolded because he didn't do it quick enough. I oh, just, good. for me, part of like the beauty is like watching, like you have to remember when you go, when you go through the system, you remember that they're not just cops. They're co-workers and employees. And they're all part of a damaging hierarchy of control and domination that affects each and every individual. They chose it. It's their fucking fault. They're there. <laughs> but they're all affected by this, like, toxic fucking systemic fuckery that they're all affected by. And you see all this, like, pain and suffering in these guys' daily little lives. Just like anybody who works a job. It's just a job. Yeah. But like, Except it's a it's like a job a punitive job. It's like, a punitive job that's supposed to serve the people, and that is just not the case. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I always thought I, to me that was like an interesting observation throughout the night because I haven't worked in three months. I was really like thinking about workplaces and the people who do have to work still, mm-hmm. and I was really noting all these like kind of coworker interactions because I haven't been in any of those for a long time, and I was like, oh, look at these guys just shooting the shit getting through the night, waiting to clock off, trying to get each other's Instagrams. Like, that was the conversation I overheard. It was like, we've been trying to get your Instagram, Chris. He's like, how'd you find my name? Like, they're try- they don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, there's a whole... Mm-hmm. It's... Cops are human... Cop- they're regular people. Cops are human <laughs> beings who have chosen to be cops and therefore are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but underneath it all... Yes, they are humans. There's a place for these people somewhere to serve if that's truly what they intended to do. There's a way that they can serve. It is not through being a cop. It is not through the carceral system. It is not through the prison system. If 
they want to serve, there's another way. It has to be built for them. There's so many ways existing right now. Yes, (laughs) yes. And more funding would probably go to them if more people chose to do that. Uh, but I don't know. Because I don't, I don't, no, know. I don't no, know if I don't, it works like that. Not in a capitalist society no. and, and, not, and, and not in a materialist of, of society. Either. <clears throat> but, um, so we got released. So you sit there, you get your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to make small talk with you. You don't yeah. have to engage. Do not talk to the cops. My cop was like, how was your day? I didn't. Bitch, how do you think my day was? I didn't say anything <laughs> the first time because I do not have to cop- talk to cops. I am under no obligation to talk to cops. The second time he asked it again, I said... Yeah. So don't let them don't let them fool you into thinking that when they are in that position, they are worth their humanity. They're not worth it when they're choosing to be a cop. They might be a human, but you do not have to acknowledge your humanity when they are choosing to be a cop. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I, tr- I believe that because to be a cop is to deny the humanity of other people of so many other people. And they do not deserve humanity until they choose humanity for everybody. Fuck all cops. So seven hours later, we get what amounts to a slip of paper that you would get for a traffic ticket. We could have been... We We got a literal ticket seven hours driving all over LA, (laughs) zip-tied. Being told we were going to be booked. For fucking nothing. We assumed we were going to be... I assumed, because I've been through the uh, system twice before... For misdemeanors, I assumed I'd be mugshotted. I assumed I'd be fingerprinted. That's what booking means. That's what they kept holding. They, did they tell you you were going to get booked? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they didn't tell us that. Well, I don't trust any cops. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't assume that was going to happen. But because I've been through it before, and those other times I've been booked, they've told me, oh, it'll be a couple hours. And I tried to tell this to a couple girls on the bus, too, who kept asking the cops for updates. And I was like, quietly, so the cops couldn't hear me. Hey, guys, like... In general, cops aren't going to tell you what's happening. You don't. You don't. They don't know. They don't know. They, they are don't know. pawns. They don't pawns know. with guns. They don't call the shots. They don't know, and they will willfully mislead, mislead you, you as well. Um, so both of those are at play, among other things. There are no good cops. Um, so I just assumed we'd be in for for twenty four hours. That we'd get booked. That we get headshotted and uh, mugshotted and. Fingerprinted. I'm mm-hmm. really glad you didn't get mugshot and fingerprinted. Yeah, motherfucker. Still no record. <laughs> Still no record. 36 years as a black dude. No record. Mm-hmm. Ever. <sighs> Where were we? Where it was people were like, oh yeah, I've been arrested. Have you been arrested? I, I feel like I run into that conversation often. And it's, yeah, usually with white people talking about the times they got arrested. And then they ask me like, well, what, what it, have you been arrested? What, what happened with you? And I'm like, no, I've never mm. been arrested. Mm-hmm. I don't have People a record. People make that assumption actually. about you a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like it's it, that really like <laughs> that really lifts the veil on the idea that people are suddenly so shocked, you know. That yeah. people act so shocked that the world is like this. It's like you already had the implicit bias that all black men, in particular, had been part of the judicial system, you know. Yeah. And suddenly, you're shocked that this shit goes down. You know. So we, we got out of... Uh, I was I was released about 15 minutes after Temba was. Mm-hmm. It was pretty quick by the time we got back to DTLA. Quick, we moved through. 
no trouble. Um, there was, I saw you immediately on the sidewalk. I hadn't turned yeah, my... Yeah, I stayed I, right close to the... I had turned my phone off the whole time, so I didn't get his texts, but he had texted me about 15 minutes before I saw him. Um, when we got out, there was, uh, what was it, the Lawyers Guild? National Lawyers Guild was waiting there to take our numbers and take a photo of our, the little slip Our of, case number. citation. Um... So they, I guess they're going to mobilize to fight these mass arrests. As a, probably a civil rights Excuse violation. Me, cases. Because yeah. um, I think I read, so being being out after curfew is punishable by fine up to $1,000. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that would be great if they could get that thrown out. Because I really don't want to pay a $1,000 fine or even $100 or $50 or I don't want to pay any. I'm curious. I'm curious if any of the bail bond funds that have been collected recently are going to go towards those as well. Mm. Because people who are protesting... Unless there's something else on your record or you were found with specific contraband or, or found doing something like uh, extra judici- judici- extra what is it called extrajudicial in addition to the um, curfew are mm-hmm. probably the people who were kept further. Did you notice that a few people were called off from our big group in the beginning? Um, a couple times people no, went up to the group and that. said, is so-and-so here? And then they'd pull them out and pull them somewhere else. Yeah, so I assume people with warrants or that have priors yeah. probably did not get off as easily as no, we did. No, So my, I have two, I had two misdemeanors on my record, which have both been expunged. So in theory, when they ask me if I've ever been arrested, I say no, because on my record, no. It's They're clean. gone. They're gone. Um, anyone who doesn't have that, uh, will you can't hide that because once they scan your, I think they scan our IDs or did they just use it to fill out our papers? Um, the officer did mine. I at least as far as I observed, just used it to fill out the little paper. So I wonder how they were calling people out like that. I'm not sure. Maybe they maybe they went back to the squad cars and ran. But why would they run? Do they was- run? Or maybe it was when they asked if you've been arrested before and if yeah. people self-identified, yeah. then they went and ran ran yeah. your info. I think that was it, which is why I also said no to that question. Yeah. Um, so it's important to know that kind of thing, I guess, and to also realize that you don't have to answer every question. I didn't give them my phone number. I initially gave them the wrong address to my house, and then I decided to change it to my right address so that when the citation comes, it'll arrive to me and I'll know when I should go to court. I don't think we have to go to court... But we're going to find out what that's going to yeah. be. I don't think we have to appear before a judge. I think we might just have to go pay a fine. Yeah. Or appear before a judge if it ends up becoming a different case, you know? If it ends up being like a class action law- lawsuit or whatever happens when like a large group of people's charges protested. Yeah. I don't know that much about it, but I think we're about to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> um, and we encourage you to do so as well, <laughs> honestly. I mean, what do you, how do you, how do you feel? I encourage white people to do it. I don't think, I don't think any black people should put themselves at risk unless they feel compelled to do so. Well, I mean, I think, I think white people shouldn't be scared to put themselves in uh, situations where they could possibly be detained or arrested because they're not going to face the same uh, treatment, charges, blowback that Mm -hmm. black and brown people are going to feel face i mean earlier today you were talking to a friend of ours that um got yeah picked up at a protest with a, a group for film filming cops beating p- 
people, uh, black, black, black people, men, black men, yeah. um, and they all got cuffed and sat down and they let her go. Because she was the only white woman in the entire group. So and that's really important. So it's like, like that's 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 what you know, leveraging your privilege for the greater good is like put your body between the cops and black you, people. Use, and, and even just like if there are protests happening every day, there doesn't need like on like I was saying on my bus there were two black people. Like that's like there you don't uh, it, the protest still happened, you know what I mean? If they're going to see like black people started these protests, I mean, I can't is that valid to say? I want to say that that's a big the lives of black people, the fight for lives of black people started these protests. White people can continue to put their bodies on the line to continue the momentum that's saying we're not putting up with it, and we're not stopping. We're going to continue to put it put our lives on the line because this is what we believe in, you know? Yeah, just go out and support. It's not that bad. Those people. You know what last night was to me? A mild inconvenience. What the fuck else are we doing? Like, I mean, We're I don't know. Most, maybe maybe you still have your job, but lots of the people we know don't have their jobs. Lots of us don't. That was mildly inconveniencing. And honestly, every, every time that I've been through the uh, system through lockup, um, I learn a lot about it, and it helps to understand what you're fighting for when you're fighting for prison abolition and uh ending of the police state to experience it for yourself i really recommend it if you're white to do that it's mildly inconveniencing and you put that in the scope of lives being lost around you all over the country every day like it's just like to me there's a lot of things you can do but put it put to me like in the scope of like prison abolition, it's an important thing to like recognize viscerally for yourself, you know? Yeah. I think it was, it was, there's a lot of young people on my bus, a lot of young white women who are fr- really freaked out and freaking out. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah, the first time I got arrested, I was freaking out too. I was talking to cops. I was trying to reason with cops. I didn't know what the fuck a cop was. I yeah, you're trying to leverage that. that Absolutely. That, that, uh, Absolutely. What are we going to call it? Should, should we call that? Should we call that female privilege? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, Temba. I, I, mean, I haven't talked to you that much about those experiences because it's kind of like disgusting in a way uh, because you do realize that like, you know, femininity has... It has, it ha- you know, that privilege has a, a similar roosting place, wheelhouse, whatever, to the cops, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's white it's, privilege. It's white. It is white supremacy in action if you're a white woman. It's, it's just, it's all the same shit. So it's a good thing to go in there and learn that. A really good thing to go in there and learn that. Recognize how you talk to the cops. Recognize how you interact with the cops. Recognize how the cops treat you recognize how you treat them look at all of that and then like examine how your privilege is complicit in that how you are complicit in that and when you start to most of us don't have to interact with the cops you know i i happened to have a job for um four years in los angeles where i interacted with the cops on almost a daily basis and having that job taught me a lot about why all cops are fucking pigs 
In Los Angeles or New York? Sorry, New York. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like... I drove a night. We talked about this briefly, but I drove an ice cream truck in, in Manhattan, and that was a vital lesson for me in uh, the police state. Not that I experienced very much bad shit. I, like, there weren't any. There was one other black ice cream driver and only one. Who's, and he did not survive that job. So, oh. um, no, it's, you know, you don't want to be interacting with cops every day. Fuck all cops. Fuck them. That kind of reminded me when the initial officer was, like, writing down my shit. Uh, femme presenting person was like, do you have any tattoos? And he was like, yes, on my pinky. You said that? Yeah. No. But I gave her the wrong finger. I was like, I was like, it's here. Oops. I was like, here. She was like, what is that? I was like, uh, it's like an emoji that is. No, baby, never show them your tattoos. Look what finger I'm showing. You explained the, it and it wasn't there. It was the wrong finger. Yeah. <laughs> I showed did she write it down? I think she did. She was like, what is it? And I was like, oh, it's like an emoji for pooping back and forth forever. <laughs> I just told but, him no tattoos. I've uh, made that mistake before. Yeah, I showed I showed the wrong finger. Yeah. So I I guess they assumed it was like white ink or something. Yeah. But um Another that, that also tip. made me think that we should get like handcuffed tattoos or something, but I was like, no, I want an FTP tattoo. Yeah, get a fuck the police tattoo. With handcuffs. Let's get one. I'd get one. I'm on here. Alright. <laughs> Hopefully like those will only be relevant for five years. That'd be nice, but I don't I don't know if we're dismantling the police in five years. I'm just saying hopefully. Honest. Let's have hope. Let's yeah. have hope. Let's have hope the momentum stays up. That would be fucking great, but I don't know. I mean, okay, so probably, like, I'm just saying five years because we're in an election year. We have undoubtedly four more years of Trump. There's no doubt in my mind there are four more years of Trump. I don't really care about Trump. Not of interest to me. But let's just say, because of the fascism... That is inciting people to fight harder and faster and with more passion than ever before. Maybe in five years? <laughs> I mean, people keep attributing this shit to Trump, which is not... It's not it. No. Trump has helped, but what Trump has done, as we've spoken about before, is has made people have... He is a mirror to the white supremacy that exists within every single one of us white people, including myself. And if you don't want to look... I don't know what to tell you. It's right there every day on the news. Hard to escape. He's more blatant with it. And, he can really and show you what's inside. The system of it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it was, it's was it been there with every single fucking president since the beginning. And probably a few more. He's like a Commedia dell'arte version of, like, every president that's ever been, you know? It's just like the reality show version of it. Mm-hmm. An archetype, a trope, a stereotype. And and people need to realize, like, the president is a figurehead. The president does not have the power to change anything. Because mm-hmm. if they do try to do that, they will be disappeared. And he's showing us that, too. Like, he's showing, like, all the little man antics, you know? Mm-hmm. All the little man antics really show how powerless the president is. You know, he wouldn't do all those things if he didn't feel so completely powerless from his position of supposed ultimate leader of the free, free world power, you know? He recognizes that that state statementship means nothing. 
and he's being like he's a pawn to a bunch of other people yeah so we don't like to talk about that guy it's really not really not worth our time but um we got released we walked home it was after curfew we will say that like curfew really in our part of the neighborhood does not seem to be for sweeping up stragglers on the streets um we only took that was a 20 minute walk i can't say that that's like 30 minute walk maybe. Yeah. I mean we did pass a bunch of cops on that way. It mm-hmm. seems they're only really enforcing it for <clears throat> group big groups of people. Mm-hmm. So they're targeting and we protesters. also we got different messages from cops which is to be expected. I heard the person next to me asking if they'd be able to get home and the cop said, "Well, I mean you could try people have been trying to waive their citations as they make their way home, but I wouldn't try it. You know, you're still breaking curfew." They told you that it would be fine to break curfew. Yeah. Um, we walked back to where our bikes were, where we got <laughs> arrested. Someone stole my bike. Genevieve's bike was still there. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was the less attractive bike or something. So we took a nice walk home from downtown. It's okay. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. Maybe like a mile, mile and a half yeah, We live really there. close. Um, we encountered... Couple unhoused people on the street, and cops did not bother us. The streets were incredibly empty. It was not national guards on every corner or anything like that. This was at about one a.m. Um, and seemed like a really ripe canvas for doing whatever you want. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that the the streets were very empty with very little police presence, and that's all I'm gonna say on that. smacking your lips at me oh yeah so trader joe's yeah uh we went in there oh because last night all i wanted was a cold beer you were pretty you were pretty like exhausted at the end i was very tired i just wanted a beer and of course we have some of the wonderful beers i make here but none of them were cold um and everything was closed down so today we're like okay let's go get that beer that was our only mission for the day and i wanted a little whiskey too so we went to trader joe's and uh we're looking at the, uh, where were we? Trader Joe's and Eagle, Eagle Rock. I'm going to put them on blast. Um, yeah, Eagle Rock, Trader <laughs> Joe's. If anyone we know follows us and works there, knows someone who works there. Go on. Um, so I'm in the, the, they have like the liquor aisle, liquor shelves are like right by like the last checkout stand in the row. And I'm, like, trying to figure out what whiskey, and I overhear, like, the bagger person is, like, making a comment to the to the cashier um, about something. What did, he, what did he say? He said, oh, we should just break their legs, and that'll teach them, like, referent, referring to protesters and, I guess, looters later, they said. I, like, looked at him, and it kind of, like dip their heads down and I was like that's not it and they were like what and I was like that's not it you don't you don't breaking legs is not cool saying that you're gonna break their legs isn't cool it's not helpful and like well oh we were just joking I was like I don't care like all forms of protest are valid I was like you I I got uh arrested last night peacefully protesting and I don't want to hear that like I don't 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 say that. Like, it was like, they're like, well, we're just talking about looters. I was like, I don't care. Fucking burn it all down. <laughs> uh, 
the, the cashier who the guy had been talking to, the person who said the breaking the leg con- con- uh, comment, was also like, oh, he, he didn't mean it like that. He, he didn't mean it like that, was trying to defend him. Yeah. And so, yeah. So then we, like, went to the back of the line with our two bottles of libations, and I could tell you were really kind of pretty... I'm stirred up about it. Yeah, the the guy that they I guess they were checking out at that moment like gave me the thumbs up. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like a metal. He's like a like metal like D and D guy. Just yeah. Based on his appearance, I know that's a stereotype, and but yeah, we were sitting there and we're like, nah, fuck this. Let's get rid of this shit. So we like walked out. And well, first there was that lady who like offered to let us go ahead of her in line because she had a yeah. huge shopping cart of her two weeks worth of food or whatever and uh we went in front of her but yeah fuck that what were we gonna have to then get bagged by that guy fuck that so we went there we went we started going out and i was like should we just at least like let the management or whoever is up here know that like Mm -hmm. this is a formal complaint and so whoever those people are who sit at the little the like manager stand i assume it's a manager stand i don't really know what their role is because i don't know the workings of trader joe's we talked to them about the interaction and left and that guy the guy that gave us the thumbs up walked by again he was like hey man yeah good for him (laughs) hell yeah so he gave him gave him the fist bump but But i mean that was a fuck that you know yeah i mean i know that you experience that all the damn time and you don't always have the uh the backing and support of someone in line to be like hell yeah man you know yeah, it's just, it's like, I don't care what you think about looting. I think all forms of protest are valid. You know, it's like, how fucking long have black people, like, talked peacefully, tried to reason to people's, more white people's morality about the way they've been treated? Like, how long have we overachieved? How long have we proven ourselves? Like, it doesn't matter whether it's peaceful or not. Because when you're not seen as human, people don't care. They don't see you as human. You are not worthy of their time. Your achievements aren't worthy. And that is how, you know, this country at large has viewed black people for the last 400 years throughout the Americas. And you know what? Like... If you're not going to listen to reason, like, then what else do we have to communicate with? Like, we're going to use violence. That's what you understand. You understand violence and money. Or I liked this one. The, there's an author who wrote In Defense of Looting mm-hmm. um, as a book. They use the term not not violence. Not not violence. Because people hear violence and they're like, it's a loaded word, right? Mm-hmm. But looting is, looting is not violence in the sense of killing black people you are not, with impunity because you're a cop. It's not yeah. enslaving uh, stolen people on American land. It's not massacring the native people of the Americas. That's violence. Not nonviolence is looting. It might not, you know what I mean? It's destruction of property. Destruction of property. And nothing more. Property it's that has violence. insurance on it. People's businesses are not ruined by it. Like, but I think violence is, is a good word, like, is a good shorthand at the same time, because people who are so invested in the system see their property as more valuable than black than lives. Than humans. So to them, 
looting is violence. To them, their vested interest in capital is more important than your life. And yeah. so to them, it is more violent than your life. And that's why I think we use the term violence. Yeah. Because for the for the people who are vest, have a vested interest in those systems, it is considered violent to them. Yeah. And it, it's... You know, I don't necessarily condone all the people that want to cause mayhem because there's lots of white supremacy groups that are trying to, like, kick off their race war and all this other shit. But I think, you know what, the shit is not working right now. And whatever we can do to flip it on its head, let's flip it on the fucking head. It's radicalizing people. It's shit's not working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talking's not working. Voting doesn't work. Voting has never worked. Voting has never worked. Voting, you know, voting voting doesn't work for white people. Voting doesn't work for black people. Like voting is a smoke and mirror pony show. Pony show? Maybe it's voting is smoke and mirrors. When you vote, you are endorsing the system of white supremacy and nothing less. To me, that is simply what it is. It's like there... All of this is is based on a system of, of capitalism, which is explo- exploitation of everyone who is not at the top. And... And that's just in this country. Imperialistic capitalism is all of the fucking shit that we... That's happening right now in downtown LA that we do year-round for how many fucking years? I don't even know. Across, you know, to other brown people mm-hmm. elsewhere. All across the fucking world. And it's black people in this country. Well, maybe like Im- uh, undocumented immigrant people in this country are at the bottom. Maybe. And uh, I don't know. But yeah, black people are also at the bottom here. Like poor white people, poor every other race. But I think class and race, like, there is a distinction, though. Like, the poorest white person is still not experiencing... Racism, like, yeah. Like, even even a more affluent black person is experiencing different... different. My my point is that all these people are exploited. Mm -hmm. And the quicker that we can dissolve these artificial lines of race and, and... um division and come together and be like hey there's a better way that all of us can thrive like the superficial lines that have been drawn and laid out for us this is not the way like this this is like a program to keep the people in power in power and continue to exploit everyone we're all exploited at different levels Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. um how do you feel about marxism i've never asked you I don't. I have never. I don't read theory. I'm not really. Into mm, that I don't know. I haven't. I haven't read too deeply. I feel into like it, uh, there's like white theory Marxism. that like doesn't. I don't really jive with. But there are a lot. There are a lot of black Marxists too mm. who see the, the 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 class race, um, arguments and how they how they support each other. You know. Yeah. I think it's a an area I'm trying to learn more about. You know, because I don't think they're separate. I think it's important to recognize. The differences, you know. I mean, it's all entwined, and like mm. the the classism in in white societies mirrored in black society as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's a little bit of that that's been, like, going around that you made a post about, too, about kind of, like, respectability politics. and Yeah. I don't know if that's a class thing or if that's something else. I mean, I, I would argue that, that uh, yeah, res- respectability po- politics is, would be line, aligned with black classism. What is that for people who don't classism. know? Respectability politics is the, like, theory or idea that... Uh, showing white people that you are as good as them as honorable as like it's it's and respectable like it's like showing that hey we are good people we pay our taxes we work hard we uh go to church like that will make white people understand that you are human yeah it's about meeting like a benchmark benchmark of it's like of whiteness of whiteness set by whiteness determined by whiteness yeah by whiteness and that's you know that's not it. We're not we're not white and not all white people are like that either. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you should be you should be respected for being human, for being who you are and having your own distinct culture and whatever else that goes along with that. Like it's is your worthiness is not dependent on proximity to whiteness or, you know, living up to a level of whatever uh whatever projection of of uh like you know dominant social projection of what whiteness is Mm -hmm. it's like everyone is valid just for the pure and simple fact that they exist you don't have to try to be like anyone else Mm -hmm. just be yourself Mm -hmm. you know as long as you're not like out there murdering killing and raping and being a bad person it's like you can you can (laughs) <laughs> you can have your own music you have your own yeah. culture you don't have to speak a certain way you don't have to go to college you don't have yeah. to um go to church Sing in the choir. you don't have to believe in christianity to be valued like you are a living individual and you are valuable and you are deserving on the simple fact that you exist that's it mm-hmm. And that's something that I think also cuts across. That's human experience. Like, most people have been programmed with whatever the expectations from their parents are, you know? Mm -hmm. Every person can look at themselves and be like, I'm valid for who I am, not for what I'm expected to be, you know? And I'm I'm valuable for who who I am as a being and not for who who I am and what I'm doing, you know? Like, it's... Or what you produce. What you produce, what you appear to be, how the world perceives you. Like, you can just be. And a lot of us have been forced to do that for the past three months. We don't, you know? And right now, too, I see, like, a lot of a lot of white people are struggling to, like, figure out what they can do if they can't just, like, you know, be producing and showing people all their stuff that they do all the time and not just like sitting back and like listening for a sec you know or before and before even last week just like people you don't have to be making and not not making in the sense of like making because you think that that's like what your purpose in society is is to provide more materials for the market you know Mm -hmm. that's where like the marxist analysis comes in i guess it's like we've all been kind of like conditioned to believe that we're cogs in a machine 
and that that's that's our purpose you know yeah i i don't think people recognize i think i i, I think people a, a lot of people Mm, embody the cogs in a machine thing but don't consciously recognize that they are cogs Mm -hmm. because they you know are stuck in this materialistic thing where it's you know i just need to get this this stuff and Mm -hmm. hit these benchmarks Mm -hmm. and that means i'm successful without realizing like oh you're just like don't be a wheel and Mm -hmm. don't spin that hamster wheel Mm -hmm. You know, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we uh, that you want to talk about from your time in detention yesterday? I'm trying to remember if there was anything that you... As we were walking uh, home, we kind of, like, gave each other the highlights. But yeah. But if there's anything else you... I mean, that was about it. I was mostly just, like, annoyed with, like, the people that were near me that kept trying to talk to the cops. And it was like, don't fucking talk to them. Like... You know, I, I went through that, too. But then I was, like, really thinking about my previous experiences in uh, lockup and being, like, it's part of the process. Not that those people are going to continue to go into lockup or detention, but, like, some people have to engage with the cops to finally, truly understand what fucking assholes they are. Yeah, I mean... All the people there seemed like they had had run-ins before, yeah. though. <laughs> All just... of my people were wet behind the ears, yeah. and I was like, okay, these girls just need to reason with the cops and understand that there's no point. And maybe they will, and maybe they won't, but, like, I, I felt like it. For me, I was, like, I was just, I was in my zen mode. Some girls asked me. They saw me kind of just, you know, shivering there and, like, staring at the floor. I was just trying to meditate. I was like, this will be over soon. I'm not trying to like get myself hype, you know? Yeah. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm just getting my Zen space. Like they're, they're going to tell us we're going to be here for a few hours, but guys, we might be here for 24 hours just so you know. So like, and then they were both like, oh, okay. And kind of tried to go to sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's better to just do that than to be like, what's going on? Cause I've been there. <laughs> I've been, I've been detained in my own private cell in central booking and Manhattan screaming because I was convinced that I was going to be left to rot and die in this jail cell. So I know the feeling of like, I'm going to get lost in the system. They'll never find me. That's really not a risk for me in the body that I'm in. It's not as much of a risk, but that's how it feels. And so you have to imagine what that could feel like if that was very possible for you. You know, people need to feel that in some ways, you know, Mm. And I think it's unfortunate, but maybe very true, you know. Um, but your dudes, they were they were all down. I mean, yeah, all the people I was around, they they kept talking to the cops and joking with them, sassing them, and I was just like, oh. shut the fuck up! I don't want to talk to these people, and I want them talking to me. It's like, entertainment for the cops. They all they are are on a shift. It's like when you're, it's like when we were doing food service, and you happen to have an entertaining customer. It makes the shift go by. You're just like, yeah. wow, this thing's happening. I'm gonna go bitch to my coworkers about it. I'm Except we're not the- we're not customers. We are we're prisoners to them. Right. But I mean, I know it's not the same thing. Yeah. But I I've tried I I I I'm not trying to humanize them in that way. But in a it's like you have to step when you, when you get in there and you see that they are just workers on the clock. You see that there's like a lar- the larger system that needs to be dismantled. It mm-hmm. harms them as well, you know. They are just also cogs in the machine. 
doing the thing that you do to keep the machine running. Yeah. You know? Um, they made a stupid fucking choice of which cog they wanted to be because they had that choice, you know? You can feed people or you can kill people, and they made the choice to kill people. That's the cog they wanted to be. Or they wanted to uphold their own privilege, or they wanted to appear respectable, or they wanted to whatever it was, you know? And that's yeah. the choice they made. Well, I mean, I th- my, my theory with cops is always, you know, people go into that job because they are attracted to the power that mm-hmm. it holds. And, you know, it's people go there because they want to lord over people. Mm-hmm. The cops are bullies. Mm-hmm. Change my mind. I think there they're, are some cops who truly think they're going to serve there. But they're, va- they're very misguided. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's misguided and it's, They've been you know, deceived, like, the, simply. You know, there, there are no good cops. The only, the only good cops are people that leave the force and mm-hmm. start working mm-hmm. against that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's not too many of those. Mm-hmm. Like, I can think of one off the top of my head, Michael Woods Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that is very public about mm-hmm. exposing his time mm-hmm. um, working for the Baltimore PD. Um, the the ch- somebody somebody who was in line with me when we first got detained. Yeah. You know, I told you their wrist cuffs, their um, zip ties were so tight that their hands were turning purple, and their uh, they had an incision on their wrist. And the cop who went to like cut them out was a femme appearing cop um, who was just like shaking and like clearly very disturbed afterwards. And then the pregnant lady who was puking hot Cheetos that we talked about in the beginning came by and then she was taking care of her and you could just tell she was out of her fucking mind with how fucked up everything was mm-hmm. and I just wanted to like I don't talk to cops but like I wanted to be like you can put your badge down right now like you don't need to be doing this and I feel like there's so it's like but it's like our job we deal with all kinds of stupid shit as food service people but yeah. we keep doing it's not a harmful job in some ways it's but harmful. yeah we're not yeah we're not I mean, I mean it's ho- we're complicit maybe in like some like food poisoning or something, but <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're we're, we're some not food poisoning maybe. We're not, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I watched a, I've I've fed vegan people non-vegan food. Yeah, um, and watched but, the guy. He, he threatened to commit suicide because he'd eaten pork. And it's like but, that's not very vegan of you, sir. That's not the same thing as you know physically harming people some vegans might argue that that is but mm, fuck off um (laughs) but i mean like so you know how do you get free from all this messaging that tells people that like being a cop is somehow noble you know you have to know that they're born into probably a family in an environment that has like encouraged them to do so and and encourage you know just like i'm i'm sorry to everyone who loves a cop or whatever but Cops are not intelligent people. I have a cousin I'm gonna, who's a I'm cop. Gonna be, I'm going to be ableist and say that straight up. Um, there are, I know we've said it on here before, like there are intelligence requirements for cops. You cannot have an IQ above a certain point and be a cop. They will not hire you. So straight up. A CAD, all cops are dum dums. <laughs> they want people that follow orders and don't ask questions questions that was the best part these are not critical thinkers these are not highly intelligent people 
and I Why might Why didn't you tell... What, you, did oh, you, we were talking about that on the bus. Oh, good. I'm glad. Like, like, I had a lot of instinct to, like, just start preaching that I was like, nah, just be quiet. It these are matter. People that are cops are bullies. They're people that want to lord power over each... Uh, over other people. Like... You know, bullies aren't usually this nice toolbox and, you know, bad people that <laughs> bad people that are smart. Those are super villains. It's true. Uh, not cops, not bullies. That's right. I don't know. I mean, you can disagree with me. You can um, send me your hate mail or whatever, but uh, <laughs> sorry, I've been drinking and... Tempa finally got his beers since we got were released at 1 a.m. yesterday and then we spent... Uh, you know, an hour waiting in line to get into Trader Joe's only to leave empty-handed because someone made a racist fucking comment about breaking the knees of looters, by which he obviously meant black and brown children. So we left that place, and then we went to the next place, which had already closed its line due to curfew, and then we went to the next place where, unfortunately, the... the Well, you got the beer there, right? Yeah. So it's been a long day to get time, but his post... Um, <laughs> his... His post detention drink, and we're drinking it. But yeah, I don't know. How do you feel post detention? First time detention. That was my first time being detained. Long time. That was a long time long being time detained. Woke but I mean, it's like you said, it's not. It's not my first time. It's not. It's, you know. I walk through life with the understanding that that is going to happen to me. It's mm-hmm. happened to me many times before. I've had my car illegally searched, you know, before. Like you, you were talking about like a summons probable... you got for like a motorcycle headlight or something. Oh no, that was my car. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Um, I used to have like the Cyan XB, like you know, like it was it was dro- JD a JDM conversion like dropped, and I had these uh, smoked. Uh, taillights on it and I got pulled over by the CHP who wrote me a ticket for them saying they were the smoked headlights were illegal can you talk can you talk about that whole thing about car mods I didn't know that until two days ago or yesterday when you told me yeah there's there's a huge thing with uh modifying your car being illegal I mean engine stuff of course is like for emissions and carb and stuff like that um but you know you can't have you can't really lower your car. It's illegal to have your headlights a certain height uh, or a certain height, like a certain closeness to the ground. Um, and my car was dropped and all that, but my everything on it was legal. Um, but so the, uh, it's like the taillights now. were uh, DOT legal. They were stamped right on their DOT legal, and this fucking asshole cop wrote me a ticket for it. Um, I don't know, Wendy, why, why am I talking about that? I, I think because, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know who listens to our podcast, but that's just not something I knew. Is that, like, even just... I mean, anyone that's into cars knows that. Yeah. I guess, but... Are any of you guys into cars? <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Should we leave it there? Yeah, I'm tired of talking. Um, so that was our night entertainment. Uh, my... I'll, I'll do. Can I say my wrap up and you'll say your wrap up? I don't have a wrap up. I'm ready to go. Okay, we're ready to go. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, keep spreading information. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, taking care of each other. And first and foremost, if you're white, putting your body and your time and your energy to protect black people's lives. Fight the good fight. 
I almost forgot to plug um, a couple days ago I did my buddy Mateen's podcast that he hosts with uh, Meredith Jacqueline. It's called Like a Virgin. And they talk about people's uh, first experiences having sex. So uh, I was on episode five talking about the first time I had PNV sex on a beach. So check that out. I will put a link to it in the description if you're interested. It's funny, I hope. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K halitosis, cosmic halitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps. And Temba is Tembizzle. T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.